Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Find out all that we do at businessofcannabis.com. Coming up on this BFC Live, we connect with Callan Evans. He's an associate consultant at Can Delta, the official regulatory advisory of Business of Cannabis. He's going to be talking about research licensing from Health Canada and what it means for sensory testing for cannabis products. Callum, thanks for being here. Uh, it's good to see you, Jay. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I know what we're going to talk about, but other people do not. Um, and you're going to explain it because even in the three seconds we had before we came on, I was a little bit wowed. So um, no. sometimes you learn something new. I usually learn something new when we have you guys on on Mondays. Sometimes it's about licensing of retail, like in Ontario or BC, whatever. This is about something that I think is probably under talked about. Um, you're going to tell me if I've got this wrong. Like under the <laughs> under a research license in cannabis, like sensory testing. Um, that so far that's right. All right, that's <laughs> all I know. That's what I know so far. Give us a quick. I mean, you talk about the license, talk about the type of testing, and let's get to it because I'm fascinated. Hundred uh, percent. I I still find it surprising that there's LPs out there that uh, they don't test their product before sending it off to retail, right? Uh, they go through all the work of it, uh, you know, even even the R&D side of, of making sure the product looks good, but you can't actually test that product uh, under a processing license. And I, I mean, I think that's a huge risk on a brand brand standpoint when there's so much competition out there to be sending things to retail, uh, you know, for customers to consume without having to really have that full spectrum of testing, of understanding if this is something that consumers even want. And I mean, even if you look at you know other industries such as you know wine, uh, I, food, I, I feel like Everything. almost any industry, yeah, in, in which you know a consumer is going to be you know enjoying that product, uh, there's going to be some sort of sensory testing associated. I, I mean, even even wine has sommeliers and and uh, you know there's people out there that their job is being a professional test uh, taste tester. It would be unbelievable as well. So so what you're saying is. There are licensed producers. I'm not trying to sound like an idiot. People are going to be like, Gay's an idiot. But like, there are licensed producers that have the production licenses, have the processing licenses, have all the licenses they need to get, grow product, put it in a package, and send it to a store. 100%. And many of them don't take a, a step in between to do like, have people taste it or smoke it or ingest it. And, the, and there's, I mean, the amount of work that, that these LPs do is, is phenomenal. I, I mean, if, if you're, for example, processing edibles and you go from the very beginning from dry cannabis all the way to distillate to, you know, formulation to testing that, you know, you're, you're testing the uniformity of it. You're making sure it's, it's the proper amount in there. It's going to be safe. It's going to be safe, obviously, for the um, consumer. And yet they're looking at it and they, they, they haven't tested it. Vapes, for example, I mean, I, I, I could you imagine just having all of this, this, you know, great terpene blend you've made and, you know, and you can't actually try it out. You won't know until it hits the shelves and all of a sudden you're like, all right, let's, let's see what they say. Yeah. You're not yes. actually allowed to do that under the, like without this research license, right? Okay. 100%. Okay. 
And all of a sudden, this research license becomes, I think, a big deal. And it allows for so much more flexibility. And I, I think especially as, as we're slipping away, again, from that THC-bound thinking, which is, I think, very exciting. I know we've talked about last time about craft yeah. uh, and, and how you know, consumers are really pushing and thinking, well, what's, what's the freshest cannabis out there? Or you know, how does it smoke, for example? But I mean, for a, a pre-roll, you, you can't really do a, a burn test and, and really check that product out without without a research license. I feel like our key word today is going to be research license. I think it's so. going to happen <laughs> in every sentence, but without a research license. Um, even topicals, uh, you can't try the you know, cream on, but with a research license, there's opportunity to. And, and I think even more important with edibles, where there is a cap in the THC, uh, so you're looking at these unique products and, and the only... No, the expectation for an edible is that, you know, it has to be a food or food additive. So there's so much to play with here uh, to get away from that milk chocolate or the standard flavored gummy. There, there's going to be so much fun in these unique flavor profiles coming out. But again, you know, without a research license, it, it's going to it's, it's going to be difficult to really understand that this is something that, you know, you want to represent as a brand. So. It's so, so it's like this gap that you're that I mean, I guess there, there are licensed producers that don't have it. So there's obviously this gap in between production, packaging, all that, and consumers where something's not being necessarily. I mean, some people have it. Obviously, we've talked to some folks that have. And huge research. advantage to have it, 100%. I, and is it, is it, is it research? You would think, how, how many times you said research license, that it is some like mystery about how to get it or that it's challenging or expensive, but, but is it? Well, I, I think what's happening in the industry is a lot of people hear research license and and they, they kind of compare it to almost what a clinical trial is. But I think there's a lot of differences. Um, and I, I just want to make sure that uh, also people at home understand. So with a research license, you can do a research license for you know cultivation or you can do a research license for optimizing your equipment. What we're really talking about here is a, is a research language. Uh, language license i had it what 10 out of 10 out of 11 times i had it right um that it's something that is with a century studies so essentially you're you're applying for a license and saying that you're going to have human participants right uh you know it's you know it's called a century study uh organoleptic uh palatability study so it's all that sort of feel now compared to a clinical trial uh, it has, you know, very similar principles, right? So just not nearly as rigorous. So you're looking at uh, demonstrating this research license that you're really putting the well-being of each participant uh, up front. Uh, you're making sure that there's, uh, you know, ethics involved and making sure that there's, you know, proper safety with the human participants and that they clearly understand uh, what they're consuming, what their risks are and, and stuff like that. The difference between this and a clinical trial, do you know? I mean... Clinical trial, I know it's like they're like double blinded, like the administrator, the administrator doesn't know what they're giving and the, the participant doesn't know what they're getting. That's why it's double blind. Am I, am I even? Yes, I mean, that? that's one example, right? If, if you're doing a double blind test, but essentially overall, the, the whole point of a clinical trial is to under, understand the pharmacological effects or the, for example, you know, identifying the adverse effects. So obviously uh, with vaccines, they would have gone through a, a lot of clinical, different phases of clinical trials. Uh, you're looking at how it's being metabolized. Uh, so a good example, say with cannabis, is it's going to be, well, let's test the euphoric feeling. So let's let's find out how it feels, and let's let's see if it does anything to the brain. Uh, let's see how long it lasts. 
uh, let's, let's test the difference between say an edible and that bioavailability and see how long that's gonna last and that feeling. Um, we can't say that with a sensory study. You have to stay away from that. Right. What you're doing is how does it taste? How does it smell? Uh, you know, does the, if the consumer is looking at it and they're opening it up, is that, a, you know, are they, is it a pleasant experience? Is this something that they, they enjoy opening? Um, would they buy it again? All the things that, you know, you'd think that you would test before selling it, right? Uh, the texture, I mean, you can name, name everything, but essentially if, if you were to, you know, if you were to, anyone, if you were with friends and, and you had some cannabis and, and you're like really talking to them about the cannabis and, and you know, taking away the, the, you know, feeling high, which I think a lot of us no longer really consider uh, now that we're, you know, a lot more into this industry. It's like, well, how does it burn? How does it, you know, taste? There's a lot of really cool kind of things on that side. And mm -hmm. as I mentioned, it, it's, a, it's, it's not nearly as rigorous as a clinical trial, um, but, you know, there's still sort of that, those principles are around it, right? And Health Canada wants to know that you adhere to all those things, the ethics, the, the, the cleanliness, the ethics, all the things that they, they care about, right? Uh, yeah, you, you know, what, what they really want to, want to understand and they want to see is they want, it, they want to see how you're going to pre-screen volunteers, for example. So, you know, looking at their, you know, even past medical conditions, uh, you know, making sure that um, essentially, you know, any volunteer that's coming in uh, is fully consented, can understand, is obviously 19 plus and, and all those kind of aspects. And this doesn't just have to be your employees. So you can be pre-screening for, you know, any volunteer, which which is very cool because that can give you a really great database of information to, to, to pull from. Mm -hmm. um, they want to look at sensory administration. So how are you going to take this uh, cannabis? And obviously it has to be a cannabis research product. So it has to be one that would be a, a, a cannabis product. So it would have been tested by QAP, for example, and released. And how are they going to take this and move it from uh, you know, storage off to the you know research area for testing mm -hmm. uh and you know how are they going to keep that separate from the other cannabis as well because obviously once you move that into the research side you're not selling it no. uh it's got a so demonstrating that separation and then i think one of the big aspects which you know takes some thinking is how are you going to monitor that that participant afterwards right so you know after the they, they've they've consumed cannabis obviously they are going to be intoxicated to some extent uh, and you may have to monitor for adverse reactions as well. So how are you going to ensure that that participant is safe afterwards? Uh, how are you going to monitor them? Uh, how are they going to get home, for example? These are all sort of the aspects, the, the thinking that, that Health Canada is looking for, which again, is very similar to a clinical trial, but it's a lot more on your end. So if, with a clinical trial, for example, um, your protocol would have to go under the scrutiny of a, you know, a uh, ethics board, which... Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine, you know, the, the depth of what they're looking for versus when it comes to you, you have the autonomy to really dig deep and, and build your own sort of uh, ethical framework. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, I, so, I, I think it's a great one, opportunity for people. Can yeah. I ask a question? Because uh, so, but uh, not that I would, but like somebody even that doesn't, that, that is not a processor, not a manufacturer, not a cultivator, like mm -hmm. someone could go and get a, re a research license as you're talking about independent of anything else just to do and then and then get product from licensed producers or you know, you know right exactly so as long as i mean obviously there's going to be some things you'll need so your room's going like it has to meet you know certain level of gbp okay. uh as long as 
uh, you know, you, you meet all the requirements, it is, it is a separate license. It, it, there's no attachment. So, you know, unlike a sales amendment license, which obviously you'll need a, a processing license and you get amended, a research license can be completely separate. So as long as you meet everything, you could have a room and uh, you could be filming all these sensing testing and I, I'd love to come by and uh, test it out with you. So well, let me ask you, I mean, not, to, I don't, I'm not looking for a workaround like this, but like, imagine a scenario like um you could like you could i don't know you could run it it's not a consumption lounge but like if you were doing research you could actually have a facility where you have people in and and test the products that are out there um in if, some interesting if, ways. If, you, if you're doing proper pre-screening if you're really taking the time you're doing proper administration if you meet if you check off all the boxes i i mean how you want to do it i i think what I can say is uh, there's a lot of flexibility with this license, I think. And I think there's a lot of opportunity and some really cool uh, business models, for example, with this. So hundred percent. Well, also, it just seems like it's a good license to have for all the reasons you talked about. And it does seem like if you're saying that there's lots of licensed producers that don't have it, and obviously they're selling product on shelves, it seems like a step that that would be really compelling. Similarly, if there's processors who are putting out novel products or want to and want to test them ahead of time, not only just how they burn, but how people respond to them. Understand? You know, I think that's uh, it is an interesting license that that we we rarely talk about. I have heard about it because there are some people that have it and talk about it, but I do think it's it is interesting. And like uh, from your perspective, yeah. like when you talk to producers and you've worked at one, like what is is it something that they just look at as like burdensome? It's like a gap between like their production and getting to market. Or are there some people that you've heard about like really doing some interesting stuff on this under this license? I I think there was you know back when I worked in NLP and and uh, I, I had some opportunity working on the compliance side in which we were even looking into this license and I, I think when you hear a research license you, you can sometimes get a little overboard with with how much work you may think it is right so obviously you have to meet all the expectations you have to put a lot of thinking of it but. Again, I think it was great to compare it to clinical trial. It, it isn't that. And as long as you sort of have a really strong quality system in place, obviously, and understand the regulations and the expectations of Health Canada, I don't think it's too tedious of a, a license to get. But I think, again, a lot of a lot of LPs come in, they hear this, and they think, okay, this is going to be a... You hear... I, when I hear research, I... I think, okay. And, you know, I my background is in chemistry. So I still think when I think of research, okay, like this is... But... There's a, there's a lot of ways around this license as long as you have proper due diligence. And, and I think that's sort of what's happening a little bit with the mindset. So, yeah. yeah I, I, I'd say this, even when you guys are not sort of on the program, like if you have a questions about research licenses, call Can Delta because they know everything there is. But I also think it could, it could trigger people to say, oh, that is interesting. We could test our products. This is something that is really uh, like a like, like a gap, but a gap that's easily filled. Uh, and and like some really unique business models. I, I mean, if, if someone has a, a business model surrounding that idea, I would definitely recommend it, it bringing it up. We've had some clients with some really cool ideas uh, surrounding a research license, and you know, based on the expectations, it, it's completely feasible and and it's fair. It, like I said, as long as you have a proper uh, procedure in place and and you're meeting everything, I think there's some really cool flexibility with this and. Again, I think it's going to open up a lot of doors in, in really understanding that product before you send it out and just, you know, hope it, that it's going to right. that you know, do well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you never know. And, and, I, and you know, even I, I've heard of a lot of uh, 
uh, you know, cons consumers, uh, you know, complaining about the the um, burn time, right? Like, oh, how well that cannabis is burning. I'm sure you've had the same experience, or, or you know, maybe the taste was not what you expected. And well, what's what what's terrible is on, on an LP side. Well, what are they going to do about it, right? You're having these complaints, and if you can't, there's there's you've done the best that you can, right? You, I mean, you've done your quality, you've done your compliance, and I mean, it, the the product is the product meet, meets every expectation. The, the issue is when it comes back and you're unable to do anything more for those consumers, that, that's a tough, that's a tough move. And this is where this license comes in. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for people yeah. in that. What else should we know about it? Anything? What else should we know about it? I mean, I, I, I mean, get like, one. The, the, we'll get one, but I just, the flexibility of it, I, again, like I'm, I, Oh, you, you, you get a license with uh, sensory testing, so you can test all your senses. So again, it, that goes anywhere from testing topicals to, you know, testing edibles uh, to even setting up a, a quality control system where, you know, I, you know, say with, with wine, I, it, even when it's not new product development, it's, it's great to make sure that there's it's still consistency in that product. So it's still tasting the same because batch one and batch two, they may look the same, but how can you really confirm that they're the same unless you taste it? Right? We know that the consumers really hate that, like buying one product one day, the same product three weeks later and having it be different. And that was, I was, uh, it, I mean, it's still a challenge now, but it was early days in legalization. It was what was really pissing off customers. And it's, and it's getting better, especially with the large LPs, right? The, the large LPs, their advantage is that they can hit good consistency over time. Yeah. Um, I, and then, but so perfect. So that's how they can use that research license, right? Versus, you know, craft will make a really cool, unique product, you know, and 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 have people obviously have volunteers and go through the proper pre-screening, but have them test it out and put get something on that market that you know is is something that's really unique and really helps differentiate your brand as a as a craft or you know as a, as a micro. So. Yeah. I, I just see the options are uh, unlimited, and we've like I said, we, we've had a lot of cool. Um, you know, uh, clients come and talk about, you know, their business ideas and, you know, a lot of it can work with this. So yeah. Well, what I, do we know about the research license? It's ever growing. That's what we know about it. Yeah, but century, well, I, century study. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm really intrigued and I, I appreciate the time today. Cause I think I've learned a lot. I can only assume that others will have well. And, uh, if people do have questions, we're going to put your email on there so they can contact you directly and the phone number uh, of Candelta. But, but thank you for your time today. We look forward to connect with you. Hey, down the road. As, as always. Thank you so much. I feel a lot smarter. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Callan. Yeah. Thank you too. This is Callan Evans of Can Delta talking about research licensing from Health Canada for sensory testing. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us wherever you heard the show. It helps support the work we do. We're able to do what we do because of our ongoing partners, including Alterna Savings, Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, Can Delta, Gallagher, Headset, and Torque Maine. Find out all that we do at businessofcannabis.com.